Hey friends, welcome back to Flourishing of Faith. My name's Lexis Glass, and if you're on your daily walk, drive to work slash school, or just driving down the road, I pray that these conversations bring glory to God and ultimately draw you closer to Him. I decree that your relationship with Jesus will flourish and faithful fruit will be the evidence of that. Alrighty friends, I'm so excited for this podcast episode. We are in July. If you have, um, this is coming out on July 1st. It's actually not July right now. It's still June where I'm, when I'm recording this, but we're in July whenever we post this. So happy July, friends. I just pray that this new month is just full of wonderful things. And actually, we are into the last half of the year, last six months of the year. So I'm just excited for this new thing coming around coming along new doors to be open for you guys and new things that we we can be obedient in and just all these things so i'm just so thankful for the new month so lord i thank you for this new month I'm just and i ask. thank you for just this podcast and just what you're gonna do in this podcast episode what you're gonna do in the people that are listening and watching life god i pray that you would just expose the enemy and bring life and light into the situation and people's life and help them to ultimately just draw nigh to you and let them just let this podcast episode just be something that will encourage them in their life and in their word and in your word god in jesus name amen Alrighty, friends so i talked about um stuff on my Tuesday lives this week and I really wanted to expound on it more on the podcast episode I really um I had a wonderful time talking on the Tuesday lives this week I if you don't know I am I go live every Tuesday on my Instagram so if you don't if you're from YouTube or wherever um go to my Instagram it's living in this victory um I think I have it saved the the ones the one that I did this week um, already on my page but if you want to interact with me go live I go live every Tuesday or every Monday depending on when I'm working and come live and hang out with me anywho um so I was reading in Isaiah 59 and I was it talked about darkness and it talked about sin and iniquity and I thought I'd just kind of share with you some of the verses in Isaiah 59 and I feel like a lot of our generation can relate to these verses and I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about it so Isaiah 59 9 through 13 I'm gonna read it real quick it says therefore justice is far from us nor does righteousness overtake us We look for the light, but there is darkness. For brightness, we walk in blackness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. We all growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. And transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing from our God, speaking oppressive oppression and revolt, conceiving and utterly from the heart words of falsehood. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. So, there's like a kind of this really was the darkness part really got to me. I was reading this out loud 
and I I couldn't help but kind of relate in a way because like before I really truly surrendered to God I would look for light but there would be darkness for brightness but I'd walk in blackness and I'd like I'd be like blind and I, I'd, I'd, I'd walk like I had no eyes. I, I would walk like I couldn't see, but I could see. But I, I would walk in darkness. And a lot of our generation are in this perpetual state of darkness. In this perpetual state of, of fear and anxiety and depression. And these negative things that are, that are tearing and ultimately tearing them down. And these are the saved people. These are the people that are redeemed. And I, I can relate sometimes to these, these things. I can relate and say that sometimes I can feel like, you know, I've been isolating myself and I can feel like I'm alone. I can feel that I'm, I'm in a dark place or all these type of things and the enemy could come in and speak lies and tell me that I'm not enough or tell me that all these things but it's what we entertain it's what we allow to reign that matters Hmm. okay so I wanted to talk about that (laughs) I want to talk about worry anxiety all these things, depression, because it has to end with you. It has to end with you. You can't let it go on any longer. You can't medicate it any longer. You can't just fix it yourself. You're going to medicate it, you know, and then it it doesn't work. And medicating doesn't work. Increase your medication, it doesn't work. Where are we now? How much more broken how much more is are we going to have to deal with? How much more are all these things? And why have we gone to everything else but God? And I know why. It's because of our pride. We've accepted Christ as our Savior. We believe that he can, he can heal. He's healed people before. He's done all these things. Well, that's so cool. I believe that he does miracles. But then we don't believe that he cares for us. And we don't believe that he cares about our anxieties and our fears and our worries. Why is that? So I feel like our generation is so full of pride that we don't want to admit that we need God. We want to medicate it so much because we don't, we want to do it on our own. We want to fix it. We we want to have this like problem solver mentality. We want to fix it on our own. When in all reality, even the whole, the, the way that you even accept Christ as your savior, you have to confess your sins and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord over your life. And you have to really just humble yourself before God and surrender. We've done that once. But especially as we get older, especially if we get in our 20s and all these things are going on in our on our life and we have more responsibility and all these things. And we, we often, we let the anxiety reign. But I think it all boils down to we have to continually be in a state of humbleness and surrender. And 
it has to end with you. And it's something that really encouraged me when my, especially not even just in depression and anxiety, even in lust and perversion, it has to end with you. It's not okay. Isn't it crazy? In our world today, there we have normalized every one of the sins in this Bible. It has been normalized in our culture today. What? It has. And you're like, Alexis, what about murder? Have you heard of this thing called abortion? It's been normalized, friends. And no wonder our generation is is being deceived because of it. We think that it's okay to live in fear. And it's okay to live in perpetual darkness. Even as a Christian. When you have the authority to tell the devil to flee from you. You have that authority through the Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have that authority to tell the devil to flee from you. To take those thoughts captive. And to all to humble yourself before God. But we are too prideful. That we can do it on our own. We can do it. I can, I can deal with this. I can take this thing on my plate. But what if you surrendered it to God? How much more freedom would you find? How much more joy would you find? How much more peace would you find? Some of us don't even know what peace feels like. Because we've been, such, we've been in such darkness and such, such fear that it's scary to even think about peace. We can't even... We can't even listen to quietness. We can't even we we can't even be silent. There's a room that's like you can't even be in a room that's silent. It scares you because we are so used to be to being in the perpetual state of anxiety, perpetual state of darkness because our world has normalized it, but it's not normal. Think about your kids in the future. Think about your grand, grandchildren in the future. What is, I've heard my pastor say before, what is quiet in one generation will be screaming in the next. It is proof in the Bible over and over and over again with generational things. Things come generationally through the bloodline. I don't want my child, my grandchild, to have to deal with anxiety in a even in a severe state because I didn't even deal with my small anxieties today. Because same thing with same thing with lust. I don't want to have my child deal with a perpetual state of not knowing who they are in their identity in Christ and being in the state of pride when I haven't dealt with my pride today. It is so generational. I don't want my son or daughter. To deal with the depression that I would face today. I don't want that. That's why it has to end with you. It has to end with you. And some of us, we have, we just have too much pride to think that we can't, that we, that we can't. That we, that it's like, no, mm-mm. And, you know, another, another, you know, kind of shown God that showed God thing that God's shown me about pride is isn't it interesting that our generation doesn't fast hmm and if they do fast intermediate fasting and it's not really anything about God 
it's to lose weight or to bulk up or something or just for like physical appearance but we don't fast anymore what we don't fast anymore because of our pride because fasting requires you to be weak so God can be strong and a lot of people are like I'm gonna fast for my decision for college I don't know I mean y'all don't come after me but I don't know if that's right I think that's cool I think fasting that's you know maybe that will maybe that works I don't know but I feel like that's not the point I'm going to fast so I can draw nigh to God and in turn I can hear him clearly enough for that decision and that thing that's going on. But the fasting is not for that. It's for God. If fasting isn't for God, it's for you, first of all. But fasting is ultimately to draw you closer to God and draw you nigh to the Father. And I wanted to read you something that my Bible was talking about. Is it fasting is a call to voluntarily embrace weakness so as to experience more of God's power and presence. It's a powerful paradox that we become weak in natural terms in order to receive strength from the Holy Spirit. And talk about a fasted, fasted lifestyle. A fasted lifestyle is simply a life of regular prayer, fasting, giving, and serving. The first step towards this life is to get a vision for having a deep life in God. And saying yes to a fasted lifestyle, we will willingly embrace physical weakness so we can position ourselves to experience more spiritual strength. It's a place of transformation. In Matthew 6, it talks about how don't be fasting. Don't let people know that you're fasting. Don't be like, oh, I'm fasting. Da, da, da. But our world nowadays... We don't fast. But let me tell you the power of fasting. It surrenders you to God. It makes you less and God more. And that's why it's so powerful to fast. It's so powerful to fast. That's why fasting, it gets rid of that anxiety because you have to fully rely on God. You have to fully rely on God. I wanted to read to you something in Matthew 6. It's like somebody said that. It was like a commentary part. It says, Jesus resumes the theme of single-hearted devotion to God and deals with the related attitude of freedom from anxiety over daily needs. He illustrates the worthlessness of worry by showing that it is unnecessary, unfruitful, unbecoming to a Christian. Hmm. The Greek word worry for the Greek word Murray, used in this verse found in the parable of the sower. Jesus' admonition here is important because it indicates that there are those who are hearing his teaching, but because of daily cares, will allow it to be choked and become unfruitful in their life. So, no wonder we're living in, we, we seek the light, but we're finding darkness. It's because we've allowed, we've allowed this anxiety and this perpetual darkness that's in this world to invade our own hearts. And you're like, Alexis, you're, this is literally me. I don't know how to do this though. Like, what are you talking about? You're, I've been dealing with anxiety since I was like in six years old in elementary school. I can't just like get rid of it. But there is a name. 
is it above every name? Jesus. There is a name that is above every every iniquity, every sickness, every sin, every worry, and his name is Jesus. And something that I I just have learned recently that Jesus at the cross, he also he bought our salvation, but he also bought our healing and redemption. Our healing at the cross too. He got the key for our healing. If we, our healing is ours as a child, as a, as a kingdom's kid. Our freedom, the freedom from anxiety, it is yours. If you are a, are a child of God, it is yours. Rise up, daughter. Rise up, son. It is yours. Take what is yours. Take the authority that God's given you and tell the devil to flee from you in Jesus' name. And humble yourself enough to know that you need the name of Jesus and that you need Jesus because we can't do this life on our own. We can't. We can't because I'm not going to allow anxiety to continue in my life. Not even just for my sake, but for my children's sake. And for my grandchildren's sake. I don't want them to live in perpetual state of darkness. That's why we cannot entertain the enemy. We have to take these thoughts captive. And it reminds me. Let me go real quick over there to 2 Corinthians. But it reminds me of 2 Corinthians. Where it talks about taking the thoughts captive. Into obedience of Christ. And 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we need to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. How do we do that? How do we do that? It's daily taking every thought into captivity. Because... The enemy is going to scream in your ear, especially as you we get closer and closer and closer to Jesus coming back. He's going to be screaming so loud. But we have to say, no, I cast that down in Jesus' name. Every high thing that is all stuff against the knowledge of God, anything that is higher than, than God in your life has to come down. Has to come down. It has to be brought low. It has to be brought under his feet, into submission. We can't rely. We can't rely on this world. We can't rely on these worldly things. We can't rely on these things that will not satisfy us in the end of the day. We need Jesus. I don't want to be too prideful to say that I don't need Jesus because I need him more than any anything. I need Jesus more than anything. He is Lord. And I think our generation, especially the world right nowadays, we want to say, oh, you be you. You can, it's very prideful. It's like you, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. It's all about us. But life isn't about you. I am created to serve God and to exalt his name. And to love people, love God and love people. That is the greatest commandment, is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
That's what I'm called to do. And I'm tired of people living in bondage that are Christians. I am. Because what's the point? You have Jesus. Now live in freedom. And I know, you're like Alexis. It's easier said than done. Don't listen. Don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. It is not. It is. It is as simple as telling the enemy to flee. Maybe you have to tell him every five seconds of every every day until he can flee. But I, I just decree over your life, just that boldness, that boldness to tell the enemy no, to just decree over your own self that you will live in freedom and that you will live in peace and love and joy and abundance and all these wonderful things that is yours it's yours the zeal and the uh the joy and the abundance and the jubilee that is yours it's yours so take it friends take it don't let it overtake you all right I love you, friends. I just had a little rant time with y'all for 22 minutes. But I hope that you have an amazing Saturday. This is when this comes out. But if you're not listening to it on Saturday, I hope you have an amazing day. And I'm so excited for July. Um, comment if you're on the YouTube video. Comment down below one thing that you're excited for in July. I'm excited to go see my sister in Tennessee. And I'm excited to get a dog in July. So love y'all and I will see y'all next time on the podcast.